Trans Gorge. I'm Casey. I'm Kieran. And I'm Joe. And today in history, da, 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 some 3,000 Mexicans launched an assault on the Alamo with its 182 Texan defenders. So, the Alamo, and Texas in general, has a rich history of supernatural, paranormal, and altogether strange occurrences. One recent example that's been uh, kind of talked about a lot, you know, especially with this recent political climate, was in 2000, and well, actually it's kind of still ongoing, but not so much. There was a alleged ploy by the United Nations to take control of the Alamo, take it away from Texas and the San Antonians who uh, claim it as their own. Apparently, uh, former presidential candidate Julian Castro was at the center of this, then mayor of San Antonio. He was allegedly in negotiations to get it designated a World Heritage Site, which it was, I believe. And there were many, many Texans who became very upset out of fear that the United Nations would dramatically renovate and change their beloved Alamo, uh, ultimately lowering the Texas flag and raising the uh, blue flag, as they call it, of the UN over their <laughs> beloved uh, site of Texas heritage. I believe that there was a um, video demonstrating um, Julia Castro, I believe as it was pronounced. I believe that is in, what they pronounced the video, it, yes. Uh, raising a w- with a white flag to surrender the Alamo to the United Nations. Uh, that's correct. Can you imagine, like, it's just UN peacekeeping troops just storming, like, a pretty dormant historical site? It's just kind of in the middle of San Antonio now, too, so it's yeah. just kind of like... It's just there. The UN just takes over San Antonio, slowly acquires Texas, and Texas is now the new capital of the UN. Well, speaking of taking over Texas... Ooh. Hold on, keep talking. I'm looking it up. Do, do, do. Do, 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 do. <laughs> no, that's copyrighted, so <laughs> can't do that. Well, uh, that's kind of an L for us, I guess, but... Um, it's, it is an L. I, I like uh, the idea so of raising the, the, uh, yes, the, the white flag. In 2015, there was an outbreak of fear in Texas when it was alleged that the U.S. government was trying to take over the state of Texas uh, and, declare and uh, put it under a state of martial law. So, in 2015, the military began plans for a training exercise, which was going to take place in Texas, New Mexico, Utah, Colorado, Arizona, Nevada, and California. And they had sort of an operational map in which certain states were marked as friendly, and certain states were marked as uh, enemy states or hostile, and others were marked somewhere in between. There was a lot of concern because Texas was listed as uh, a hostile state, and then the people of Texas found out about this and posed a number of theories, one being that the U.S. was preparing to declare martial law uh, on the state of Texas, which would um, sort of give them the... Hello? Oh. oh, yes. And so this would be sort of the first strike in what they saw as like an ideologically motivated war against uh, their beloved state. But another... Instance seemed to, another thing seemed to be happening around the same time. Uh, a spate of Walmarts closed in Texas. So there was also a widely perpetuated theory that around 2015, as the U.S. government was planning this training exercise in Texas, which labeled it as hostile territory, these Walmarts somehow closed. So it was alleged 
that these Walmarts would be used to stockpile weapons. So when the Chinese troops arrived to disarm the American citizens, they would be ready and able to pick up their supplies from the abandoned Walmarts. Wait, wait. Okay, when did the Chinese military get involved? Uh, It's unclear, but (laughs) they they got involved about the time the Walmart closed. A bunch of of Chinese people who who likely do not speak a word of English are just now stranded in Texas. They are uh, confiscating guns in Texas, based out of, headquartered out of abandoned Walmarts. All right. I feel like this is the story you're reading, but I have a I have a sneaking suspicion that one day the the U.S. government, some official made a statement that said Texas, one of the states in the union. Then everybody in Texas said we're not part of the union. You're trying to impose martial law, and then the spiral. <laughs> like, I feel like this is just Texas being Texas. Well, another theory was that it was just the U.S. government trying to get Texans ready for the sight of soldiers marching down their street because of some other type of martial law they might declare. Because if the the Chinese troops were involved with a U.N.-backed conspiracy to disarm Texas, then presumably maybe the U.S. government, which was under Barack Obama at the time, Mm -hmm. was going to take away, you know, their guns unilaterally. So they wanted citizens to be... Uh, conditioned to accept the sight of soldiers coming down the street. And there is also, uh, this has been somewhat acknowledged, actually. President Barack Obama, in, I think it was this year that the theory was happening, uh, in an interview with GQ, said that this was his favorite conspiracy theory that he'd ever heard, was that he was planning to declare martial law on Texas, and that he was perhaps in cahoots with the Chinese government. Uh, who would be headquartered with him out of the Walmart. And as they <laughs> went door to door, Walmart is presumably shipping the uh, PLA across oh. the ocean. Walmart has one of the largest supply chain networks in the world. This is, this is true. Much of it runs right through China. Okay, here's the thing. Texas is big, sure. But... You know what's bigger? China. China is well, I was about to bigger. say, I was about to say, like, does Texas really think... It is so important in, like, the global, like, military framework that yeah. it requires not only the U.S. Army, but also the Chinese Army to, like, take away, like, I don't know, a couple million guns from, like, civilians. Is it, like, I have a lot of questions and not a lot of answers right now. I, well, I have one, one very clear answer for you, Casey, and I think it is Texas. <laughs> well, the name of the operation was called Jade Helm 15. So it was theorized that Jade re- China. China. Was that it in 2015? Right. Uh, this was 2015, yeah. So that's... Wow. Well, there's a lot of other theories out there, too. Um, it's actually... Recently, it was said that it might have been an acronym, which is for... What? Hold on, I'm trying to find what's... Wait, 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 let me guess, let me guess. Um, j- justice and democracy exploited. Exercise? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no justice or democracy here. Not while Texas is under martial law. While Texas is not free, none of us are free. This is true, because Texas is bigger than the United States. Well, this website called thedrive.com says that it stood for Joint Assistance for Deployment Execution Homeland, for Deployment Execution Homeland Eradication of Local Militants. I feel like there's a lot more letters in there that they just didn't include. <laughs> I feel 
like it's probably for something else. I feel a little bit like I'm having a stroke. Um, well, in this map that they had of the operation, Texas and Utah were marked as hostile states, while California, Nevada, and Colorado were marked as permissive or okay states. Uh, brown states, which would be New Mexico, is listed as uncertain but leaning hostile, and light blue is listed as uncertain leaning friendly. So a lot of the fear was that Utah and Texas, the most Republican of the states in the operation, were marked as hostile states, while California, Nevada, California and Colorado being more liberal, Nevada being more mixed, was that Obama saw Texas and Utah, these Republican states, as a threat, and that he wanted to get a head start on declaring martial law in them for presumably his Does the U.S. have a provision agenda? for declaring martial law? Well, I, I think so. Assumed. I think so. I guess we're going to find out. I feel like that would be something that would be in the Constitution, but it isn't, I don't think. Oh, so the U.N. was mobilizing a Chinese military force that snuck into Texas from Mexico via tunnels that went to these abandoned Walmart stores. Wait, wait, who, wait, what? So, so the UN right. uh, was sending Short Chinese soldiers yeah. from Mexico in tunnels that led to the abandoned Walmart stores. Wait, seriously? Like, is that is that true? Because that sounds too good to be true. That's it sounds too good to be that's true. That's But, I mean, there were some pretty high-level reactions to this. For example, Ted Cruz has ma- made a statement at the oh, time. Oh, wow, that makes it this really valid. Yeah. He said, we are assured that it is a military training exercise. I have no reason to doubt these assurances, but I understand the reason for concern and uncertainty, because when the federal government has not demonstrated it to itself to be trustworthy in this administration, the natural consequences is that many citizens don't trust what it is saying. But you're one to talk about trustworthiness, Ted. Come on. We all know you're actually the Zodiac killer. You're just one big liar. Oh, he's alluded to Where's Ted Cruz's birth certificate? Ah, that's true. He doesn't have one. He was never born. Ted Cruz also said that Obama made a comment, which I think this was a, an actual comment, so that Pennsylvanians were bitter and that they clung to guns and religion. Wait, and Pennsylvanians? Yes. Well, why is he bringing them into it? Well, Ted Cruz said, well, if Obama sees Pennsylvanians as bitter and clinging to guns and religions, just think of what he must think of Texas. <laughs> so he must be ready to declare martial law. Exactly. That's a, a very logical conclusion. I would, I would of course, draw the same. Interesting. All right. Now this was like just a few months after this happened that Obama said this was his favorite conspiracy theory. Hmm. That's quite fun. Uh, I kind of like the idea of... Like a, I don't know, just the president being like ranking conspiracy theories. Mm, yeah, you I like know, that. I really mm. respect this that. This reminds me of how Angela Merkel has um, acknowledged that uh, Bielefeld does not exist. Wait, really? Yep. Interesting. Yeah, you want to explain that to the audience a little? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty simple. It's just that the uh, German German town of Bielefeld does not exist. I mean, there's a train station, but um, everything outside of that does, just does not exist. Uh, it's unclear why uh, they pretend that it does. But, I mean, you know, it's pretty clear that Bielefeld doesn't exist. I mean, you know, just think mm-hmm. about it. Have you ever been to Bielefeld? I haven't, no, so I guess it must be. Do you know exist. anyone who's been to Bielefeld? Not particularly. Have you? No. All right, so then I don't. Yeah. So, clearly, it doesn't exist. It's sort of like that, uh, 
But if I believe it to be true, and I believe it enough, then I guess it is. And that's what Angela Merkel has chosen as her party line. Speaking of Angela Merkel, <laughs> Alex Jones, <laughs> also noted, noted radio host Alex Jones, uh, had a quote on this too. He said, they're going to practice breaking into things and stuff. This is going to be bleep-ish. Now this is just a cover for deploying the military on the streets. This is an invasion in preparation for the financial collapse and maybe even Obama not leaving office. What? So you're telling me? Oh, okay, let's get this. Let's get this straight. Oh, and a poll. Hold on. I, let me follow this up with a poll before we get everything straight. Thirty-two percent of Republican primary voters in Texas believe that the government is trying to take over Texas. Forty percent believed the government is not trying to take over Texas, and 28% were unsure. Okay, let me get this straight now. You're telling me, presumably, in this universe we've created, that Obama says, he, you know, he, he looks to his most trusted advisors and he's like, I'm supposed to get out of this office in a year, you know, my term's ending, and they're all like, yes, that's exactly what happens, Brock, and he goes, well, I don't wanna, and then they all kind of gasp a little, but don't really say anything. Someone, some intern, leaks this information, presumably. The entirety of the state of Texas says if Obama's not leaving office, that means it is single-handedly our Texan responsibility to stop that from happening. There's My favorite part is the implication of the military now panicking that this information has been released and that their coup to keep Obama in power has now been outed. <laughs> They're just, like, running around the Pentagon, like, throwing papers around. Everything's on fire. The famously It's like the scene Obama. of Spongebob in his mind where... Yeah, everything's just on fire. Like, there's 30 of them running around. Well, and then, a few years later, the plot thickens even further. Because guess uh, which... Already guess so which... Guess whose like favorite country oh, was involved in this? Was it Kazakhstan? Panama. No. Worse. <laughs> <laughs> Mongolia, Panama, Russia. Yeah. Right. Russian. A Facebook page was shut down not long after, oh, yeah, which was book. a Russian-backed, uh, like bot Facebook page that was spreading massive disinformation about this alleged martial law attempt. So there are at least a couple of different pages that were linked to Russian bots that were spreading this information about martial law being declared in Texas. Wait, what were the Russian bot pages saying? Were they saying that it was going to They were saying that it was, and they were they were spreading, uh, it just says, promoting the Jade Helm conspiracy theory. You know, to be honest, if this happened in Russia, I don't know if anyone would be that surprised. If suddenly martial law was just, like, declared in a region of Russia, like, that probably would have made the news for, like, a hot minute, but everyone really wouldn't have known what to make of it. Been like, and yeah, this is normal. Like, yeah. That's how yeah, it that's is, yeah. And, and they also, I think, would just be fine if there were just soldiers kind of around. I feel like that's, you know, we have a pretty established separation of where soldiers go and where we live, but that may not be and the same not in anymore. Russia. I like the idea that this all started with some, like, teenager and like Russia, and it's just like sitting in like some like you know dingy like Soviet block apartment, like <laughs> hacking away at a computer. And he's like, "Oh, you know, it'd be funny if I said that uh, the U.S. was going to declare martial law in Texas." Everybody in Texas proceeds to see this Facebook post at the same time, and then simultaneously proceeds to lose their minds. Well, this this was planned by the U.S. government. This was an actual operation. 
It was just the disinformation or the mm. maybe true information. Although mm. this was in 2015 and it, the operation's been over for like five years and I haven't seen any signs of martial law in Texas. Okay. To be fair, I also haven't seen much of Texas in those five years. I also thought that's true. Yeah, where are they? Come on, Texas. Give us a call. I don't know if your government's Texas is real. I'm not either. We, you know, we should, uh, we should get someone from Texas on the show at some point. We should. Yeah, we yeah, should investigate. I mean, I don't know. I feel like the cities, there are a couple cities down there that I'm sure are real, but also, yeah. you know. It's just greater Oklahoma. It's just, well, it's just allegedly so big that I don't really believe it is as big as it is. It's like Alaska, mm, you know? Yeah. You know, yeah. How, yeah. How could it really be that big? Also, this is just a reminder that you are listening to Dope Man's Gorge, WCCS 96.5, Wheaton College Radio in Norton, Massachusetts. And the time is uh, now 7.25. The time is now heavy breathing. Your treasured weekly radio PSA <laughs> from your Goatman's Gorge crew is that <laughs> award show drum roll CD 6027 track 66 cut to it is Hollywood's biggest event, the red carpet. The stars. And the winner is you, Symbol Crash, CD 6027, track 18, cut one. Experience the glamour and excitement of the Oscars for yourself at the only Academy-sanctioned Oscar night party in Washington on Sunday, February 22nd at Seattle's Triple Door. Walk down the red carpet and pose with celebrity lookalikes. With KOMO TV's Molly Shen, M.E. Kent Phillips, and Josie Bissett, B.I.S.S. hyphen, capital E, capital T, capital T-E, of Melrose Place fame, and bid on a lunch with Josie and other fabulous auction items. You'll view the Oscars on a big screen over a gourmet dinner while following the action with your official... 81st Academy Awards program, hyphen, the same given to the audience in Hollywood. All proceeds benefit Starlight Children's Foundation, Washington. Join us for Oscar Night America, hyphen, 3.30 p.m. February 22nd at the Triple Door. For tickets, go to S-T-A-R-L-I-G-H-T dash W-H-A-S-H-I-N-G-T-O-N-D-O-T-O-R-G or call or I'm not going to say that number on air. See you there. I think that's the worst moment we've had on this show This is by so far, far a new low. Well, um, that's fitting, actually, because, you know, speaking of new lows, this just so happens to be, can I get a drum roll? Goatman's Gorgeous, approximately one year on anniversary. I cannot believe we have not been shut down by one year of gorge, either the government, by, um, I don't know, legal groups, by um, the FCC. Now, I, I have to say something. I love Wheaton. It's given me a very valuable educational experience, but the fact that they haven't yet shut us down for being absolutely intolerable and annoying makes me question the legitimacy of this. Yeah. It's just a little bit like, what will they entertain before they realize that their consequences have actions? You think someone, their, their consequences level. have actions? 
Their consequences do indeed have action. <laughs> when will you learn, Casey? You heard it here first on the When will you learn that your consequences have action? I'm having a stroke. I really think I am. This is just in. Uh, Goatman's Gorge co-proprietor Casey Smith is having a stroke. You know, it sometimes well, like that's that. that's terrible news, Casey. I'm going to report this to, uh, I don't know, the Norton Town Building Department. I feel like they're the appropriate authority, and they'll get back to us in due time. <laughs> it's like three days later, and they're like, oh, yeah, we heard you had a stroke. Um, <laughs> Would you like us to construct you anything? <laughs> <laughs> that would definitely be helpful. All right. So. All right. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. Texas. Been in Texas. Well, we were talking about Texas. Yeah, we were speaking of Texas. Spooky urban legends relating to Texas. And one we were talking about uh, before we got on the sh- before we came on air was that of Olivia Mabel, uh, which is an alleged, um, you know, it's kind of urban legendy strange death. I love so, that. So, um, would you like to do a dramatic reading, oh, Casey? Oh, I'm very excited. I'm if you need anyone to read a part, we can swap it around. All right. Do different voices for different parts, I hope. Because this is a good one. A fun family. Oh, fun family reading. Well, the tragic story of Olivia Mabel is one of those too creepy to be true ghost tales. But read on and decide for yourself. The Mabel family lived in a quiet suburb of Salina, Texas, about an hour north of Dallas. Mother Olivia, Father Travis, and son Aiden were a perfect nuclear family until 1990. Dun dun. On March 13, 1990, little Aiden was found dead in a pond, victim of an accidental drowning. He was seven years old. (laughs) Olivia was overcome with grief and retreated from work, her social life, even her marriage. (laughs) This is too cheery of (laughs) background. I'm just doing the law and order. I mean, sorry, unspecified legal (laughs) drama noises. A year later, Olivia and Travis... September 1991 was the last time anyone saw Olivia alive. On February 27, 1994, police received a silent 911 call originating from the Mabel house. Arriving at the house, they broke down the door and entered what they initially thought was an abandoned house. The house was a mess and the air was thick with dust. Searching the house, they found Aiden's bedroom, immaculately kept. Olivia was in the room, wearing a nightgown and slippers clutching a crude stick-figure doll seated in a rocking chair. She appeared to have been dead for quite some time. Months, at least. Well, that's a nice sight. In front of her was a crude altar made up of a trunk covered with a child's bed sheet. On the altar were photos of Aiden, drawings, letters written by Olivia to Aiden, several of Aiden's toys, candles, flowers, and an urn full of ashes, presumably Aiden's. There was also a note written in a foreign language, which turned out to be Sanskrit, in English, it translated to construct or to build. That alone would have been tragic, but then things got weird. Oh, they weren't weird already. Okay. Uh, investigators found a note dated February 27, 1994, the same day the 911 call came in. But months after Olivia died, written in Olivia's handwriting. Dun, dun. It read, My Aiden, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I should never have let it get like this. I'm leaving. I will not let you keep... Me, you vile, evil creature. Mommy's coming for you, Aiden. My sweet Aiden. Mommy loves you. Oh, jeez. This... Okay. The official statement was that Olivia post-dated her letter, but several of the officers felt a presence in the house, and they saw explanations from paranormal experts. 
Francesca Santiago, whose uncle was into, quote, really dark occult stuff, unquote, was one of the first uh-huh. cops on the scene. <laughs> That's weird. Who would be into that? Uh, to her, the altar suggested that Olivia had manifested a tulpa, or a thought form, to quote. A tulpa is a concept in Buddhism where an object or being is created through spiritual or mental discipline alone. Is it possible that Olivia created a tulpa or perhaps an Aiden's image to keep her company? And did that tulpa turn evil and kill Olivia? Ooh. There's some photos from the altar, too. Very spooky. Um, and this goes on a little bit. The story is good, a little too good. As far as I can figure, this is probably a hoax. In all likelihood, a, prom- a promotional tale for an upcoming film called Thought Form, which recently completed, uh, completed a failed Kickstarter campaign. Um, but a quick web search turned up no news clippings, no mentions in newspapers or legitimate news sites, and no other articles except for a few viral articles and some questionable websites. Um, and it seems to be that there's no true, like, official uh, case records of this, but it is a little spooky. The, foot, the picture of the house yeah. is very spooky and grainy. Supposedly there is a death certificate for Aiden. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But so at least some of it is, like, based on Olivia. real people. Mm-hmm. Whether the circumstances of the deaths were, were accurate, that's mm-hmm. unclear. I think this has, like, a couple spooky elements going towards it. It kind of reminds me of Hereditary with the death of a child thing. Yeah. But yeah. this also kind of reminds me of, like, it, I don't know, it's kind of interesting because it goes to, like, the what if you can't get over it kind of thing. Yeah. Which is kind of spooky. That's always a spooky one. Yeah, yeah. and another spooky element yeah. to this is just the idea that we, we saw another uh, presentation of this, and the idea was, or the what the officers noticed when they first got to the house, that all the windows were whitewashed over, and the door, the front door to the house, she'd been in this house for years after the death of her son, yeah. but that the front door was so swelled mm-hmm. with not being used and just sort of humidity that it was like... Un, it couldn't really be opened. The officers actually had to break it down to get into the house. Yeah, it was, like, bowed outwards. And Weird. Like yeah, so allegedly, she had been in this house for so long without mm-hmm. even opening the door to leave. Oh, that whoa. just kind of machinating on the death of her son. So even if, you know, even if she did, if she didn't conjure a spirit altar, there could be some element of, you know, what would that mm-hmm. do to you, that complete and utter seclusion from that society? Is- so creepy. The, the thing actually that interests me is the Sanskrit. Um, I've noticed in a few uh, cases of things like this, either alters or strange, mysterious circumstances, Sanskrit seems to be a common language used. I know there's a, a pretty common story of the Somerton man. He's a man found on like a beach in Australia mm. with no identity. Um, and he, was it Sanskrit? I think it was presumed to be Sanskrit. They couldn't figure out a direct translation. It might have been something else, too. But, um... I, I want to say it was Sanskrit, uh, and it, it was a note that they found in his pocket that, that had, like, an old word in it that wasn't a part of any real, like, modern language. Um, but it seems like it's a common thread in some things like this, and I can't tell if it's because it's, you know, it, it's it's a language associated with just, like, a lot of, like, religions, so therefore it's using religious rites. Or if it's kind of one of those urban legend things uh, where it becomes like, oh, ooh, Sanskrit, that'd be spooky and old and, and sort of well, comes in that way. I mean, if it is the case with the Somerton Man, well, the Somerton Man we know to be a matter of fact. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's not a that's not a question of urban legend. Uh, this one, I think the Sanskrit connection is kind of, like, has, like, a purpose. It's not just an it's ooh, more, it's a weird it's language. It's slightly more it's, purposeful, yeah. It's like the idea of that she turned to a specific... 
yeah, like that, tradition of that is Tibetan Buddhism in order to mm-hmm. to like figure that out. And also, uh, we do have a guest here with us right now. Uh, guest, would you like to come over and say hello? <laughs> oh, hello, guest. Sure would. It's me. We have a caller. Uh, uh, Olivier uh, Brownski, straight from the foothills of uh, Tibet on a fact-finding mission. <laughs> Currently, I'm a, uh, I'm a karmic Buddhist expert studying esoteric Buddhism, violence, and the occult nature of it. It's very fundamental. I think it's interesting. I walked in when I did. Um, that is awfully convenient. Mainstream. Yeah. I mean, so do you, have you, do you have any experience with the term tulpa? Well, it's, so the term tulpa is actually a Western term from a much harder to pronounce Tibetan word. And there's multiple schools of thought, so it's not really one thing, but basically it taps into the idea of the Buddhist mind stream, the gateway to the heavenly kingdoms, or in other philosophies, the idea that everything is part of a mind stream, and we're pretty much being meditated into existence right now, and real reality is meaningless. All very fun stuff. Let me see if I can find the actual. I was actually just reading, believe it or not, Miracles and superhuman powers in South Asian Buddhist literature. I mean, looking so like looking at this, it's a concept from mysticism, which I think is fun. I think that adds a fun element to this kind of urban legend of bringing in actual mysticism, because like whether or not anything supernatural happened, you know, the idea of someone just getting being so absorbed by grief that they turn to this strange kind of mysticism, because it does also have an element of kind of self mummification to it. Very fun stuff. You know? Spiritual enlightenment. Of creating, like, effigies of the dead and then trying to, like, communicate and then just kind of either going crazy or being tormented by this kind of, like, a vain attempt to reverse death. I mean, one thing, you know, I don't want to, you know, I'm a skeptic as much as anyone, but if there's one thing that pretty much every religion has in common, you know what that is, Kiran? I know you're an expert. What is it, Oliver? It's self-mortification or destruction to reach spiritual enlightenment. This is true. From Christianity to Islam, even Judaism has some stuff there, to Buddhism, Hinduism, everything. Beat yourself for God. I mean... This, this is interesting, because there, there is a potential for uh, the idea of her method of creating this tulpa had some degree mm-hmm. of, like, denial of self and mortification mm-hmm. within it. Yeah. I think the weird thing is, though, also how she writes the letter to her son, and then all of a sudden it's like, let go of me, you vile creature, or whatever. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Who's the vile creature? I want to know. That's is it her? Is it the U.S. government plotting to invade Texas? She does live on a ranch in Texas. That's so. true. This is true. She is a Texan, so she cannot be trusted. But okay. I wonder, wait, so this was coincidentally third point. What? Hold on. Hold on. Let me calculate. <laughs> Joe's having the stroke now. Let me do some quick maths here. Quick this maths. was about 22 years before the U.S. government began to plot to declare martial law on Texas. 
And you know, Obama was 22 years old once. That's I think not. Wait, what? What year was Obama 22 in? Um. Um. Uh, um. Well, if Obama riddle me this, Casey. If Obama was born in 1961. Mm-hmm. That he, 1983. And you know what year this took place? 1993. 1993. Exactly. 10, Ten years, years after Obama <laughs> turned 22. That's no coincidence. So right there, all right, let's get this straight. We have this woman who son dies, very sad, um, bad times all around. Then... She gets this premonition that one day a man named Barack Obama, something of that Mm -hmm. nature, pops into her head. She has this dream that he'll become president. And she gets this horrible feeling that, oh, no, my land is about to be taken over by the United States military. In conjunction with the U.N. and the Chinese military through tunnels from Mexico into abandoned Walmart. And then all of a sudden, everywhere she looks, she keeps on seeing the letters P-L-A, and she sees this, this can't be right. The Chinese military is getting involved, too? What? And then, slowly, she begins to stockpile weapons in the basement of her Texas ranch in preparation for this doomsday event that is soon to come in approximately uh, 20 years. Um, And then she shuts herself in her house because she's too afraid uh, to wander the streets uh, in fear that the military may show up at some point. Um, and then, you know, the rest is history. Speaking of 1993, for her, it may not have been the apocalypse, but for others, it really was. Let's go back to February 28, 1993. There's a group of people in Texas who were living their rights, their God-given rights as Americans, to live together with some could-be-considered strange religious ideas in a compound in Texas. On that fateful day, you know what happened? The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms raided the Branch Ravidian compound in Waco, Texas. That started 50 50 days of siege, 50 days of absolute carnage and oppression by the government. Yes, that's only four days. From today, in that year, that this happened. So what are the coincidences that just a year ago, almost to the day, Goatman's Gorge was started, about 214 years, or no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. 214 years ago, the Waco siege began. 214? No, 14 years ago? I don't know. (laughs) All right. Well, 1806 was uh, you know, certainly a good year. It's a good year. Um, for I'm not Waco. sure which war of the coalition was going on, but uh, I think by that point Napoleon was doing pretty well. Um, so, um, all right, hey, all right. Uh, I think you know how there's the green, the, 
The Green Party? Yeah, I'm familiar. Jill Stein was their candidate in 2016. <laughs> is Jill Stein still alive? Is she running? We were talking about this the other day with They're someone. Right. Okay, Jill Stein. You know how there's the whole, uh, the whole six degrees to Kevin Bacon thing? I think we could easily make a game that's like four degrees to Waco, and I think we could very easily win this every time. I mean easily, yeah. I mean, anytime you get to the federal government, you get to Waco. Remember, you're only one door knock away from getting into a siege with the ATF. <laughs> Even if you're just exercising your God-given rights as an American to buy bulk shotguns and allegedly, allegedly chop the barrels and then sell them. <laughs> oh, wow. Thanks for that. That's yeah, I mean, insight. you know, the only degree you need, I mean, if you mention anything relating to alcohol, tobacco, or firearms, you're already at the ATF, and for the ATF, it's just one step to wake up. That's very true. That I is guess true. I, all right, yeah. So you could say two steps to Waco. And on behalf of Goatman's Gorge, I'd like to just send a message to the ATF. Oh, God. Come and get it. Come and get it. <laughs> don't li- don't listen to a word he says. Um, uh, yeah, Goatman's Gorge is not not responsible and does not endorse the views of any guests that may or may not be on this show. Specifically, uh, all those uh, going by the first name Olivier. Um, uh, not to call out anyone. Um, this is also just a reminder that you're listening to Goatman's Gorge and WCCS 96.5 Wheaton College Radio, North Massachusetts, uh, and the time is seven. 46. Um, so, um, this has taken, I didn't think this could get worse, but it did somehow. Um, so, uh, Donkey Lady. Oh, yeah, tell me about Donkey Lady. Mm. Uh, I think the general story is that it's just kind of a woman who is, like, horribly disfigured in a fire that, uh, runs around and spooks people. Interesting. It kind of reminds me of, like, the Soviet Ape Man, except she's not, like, a super soldier. She's just kind of a useless cryptid that runs around and spooks people instead of actually, you know, using that good military supremacy. I mean, if, if you've been horribly burned by a fire, I don't think that affords you much yeah. of a tactical advantage. Uh, how how I mean, did she become a donkey? Is well, she had a donkey, according to this legend. She so really liked it. Yeah, there, there are a few versions of this. One? No, she just walked around town with a donkey. Another version of the legend well, is that... I mean she's like half donkey, well, half woman. There's another she apparently resembles a donkey. That pass. Well, there's, there's a whole yeah, other one, which is where... She doesn't have anything to do with a donkey. She just has a pet donkey that she's always around town with. And one day, they both get murdered and thrown into a creek. Wait, wh- This woman what? and a donkey, and they haunt it together ever since. Oh, so God. We can't show that on the radio. Oh, Lord. No, we most certainly cannot show that on the radio. Um, I want to know what monster is out there who says, you can, oh. You can search through this. Let uh, me, uh, I haven't read it. Oh, thank you. Let me kill this woman, but also let me kill her donkey, too. Who kills a donkey? This is true. It seems like quite a bit of effort, doesn't it? Yeah, they're kind of big. Like, what, are they going to tell someone? Are they going to narc? Is the donkey going to take the stand in a courtroom? Wait, 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 wait. This is great. She said to live in these woods around the bridge and jump on your car, damaging it with her hooves if you park here too long. She's just just recruited by, like, the San Antonio police. I know. Stop, like, uh, like parking. Stop, like, loitering, yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine? It reminds me of Goatman, though. Like the little man where he jumps on people's roofs with an axe or whatever. Mm. That's always fun. I, you know, the thing is, though, like, any, like, half-person, half-animal cryptid that wields, like, a humanoid tool immediately becomes less scary to me. Because I'm like, where'd you buy that axe, Home Depot? Like, you gotta get it from somewhere. What's he doing? Like, this is true. There Does he have his own forge? Yeah, if he has his own backyard smelting 
Yeah, like, could have bought it on Craigslist. It's like Mal. It's literally like a Mal's policy, but for goat man specifically. Like, you just smelt things in your own backyard and then make your own axe. Like, what? There's no way that a cryptic can acquire a tool without it being comical in some way. Whether that's through making it by their own means or walking into a, your average retail store and getting a weapon. Oh, the Lake Worth monster is an interesting one. Is that a what's that one? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. But if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. it was one that looked quite a bit like Goatman. Interesting. We do love it's, Goatman. It's a Texan one. Hmm. Yeah. So it's a half man, half goat, part man, part goat, seen near Lake Worth. A half. It was. It was a half man, half goat with fur and scales in July of... Wait, why do they have scales? 1969. Nice. Thanks. Why does he have scales? You can ask him, maybe. He's he's not here right now. You are. Tell me. (laughs) You're being very useless, Kiran. I mean, there's a purported photograph of it. Um, Let's see. Locals began driving out to the lake at night to get a look at it, and local police investigated it, but couldn't find it. Can you imagine? You're like, oh, I heard about this horrible monster by the lake. And your friend, like, turns to you and, like, let's go see it. Let's find it. <laughs> like, you drive it's interesting. Down interesting. The person, the person who yeah, took the photograph of the creature suspected that it was a hoax four hmm. decades later. Which is interesting because it, it doesn't imply that he, like, took part in it. Yeah, it's like someone else was hoaxing everybody. Yeah, this is this is the this is the weird 1969 photo. This picture, for reference, looks like it looks like a white cloud. It looks a bit like just kind of like the top of a bonfire as it's mm-hmm. like going up or something. Mm-hmm. There's really not not much that can be seen. Not to go too far back, but you were mentioning uh, cryptids buying um, tools. I think this is a good time to mention our partners at the Home Depot. Are in store and online for the next seven hours. Forty percent off select Milwaukee power tools, including the M eighteen eighteen volt lithium ion cordless combo tool. Go man's gorge is not sponsored. Affiliated with the go. Come on down to the, the Home, Home Depot. Depot. <laughs> um, but if we were, if, if we, we were, were, if we were associated with any form of hardware store, uh, it or not, you're welcome. It might Home be Home Depot, Depot if they pay us. If they pay us, we are certainly open to being paid. That's just a small taste. Our lines are open, Home Depot. But for now, um, you can always give us a call at 508-286-5641. That is 508-286-5641. We when we're on air. We are only co- currently entertaining calls from the Home Depot. If you are just a regular listener, we ask that you do not block our lines because we're waiting for yeah. our sponsorship. Also, Home Depot, uh, if you're going to call, only call between 7 and 8 on Mondays because that is the only time we can pick up that phone. So don't call Those are seven to 8 on <laughs> Or you can Monday. email us at... P.S. Cohort at gmail.com. Or Gorge at gmail.com. That all, that works? Goatmansgorge, WCCS at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. We don't even know anything. Uh, and just this is true. This is why we have a radio show, because we legitimately do not know anything. And from our actual uh, promotional sponsor, we encourage you to check out P.S. Cohort, uh, which is um, the paranormal and supernatural cohort. Which is um, a wonderful business. Uh, that looks towards uh, doing research into the paranormal and supernatural, will gladly do any investigation, and will not charge you a cent unless they turn up something. Well, uh, yes, that's 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 a good deal. Wait, can you tell me a little more about that, Casey? So what if I have a suspicious suspicion about activities that are ongoing 
in my domicile. Uh, do you suspect that they are supernatural or paranormal origins? Or do you just suspect that there happens to be an intruder? Uh, no, I suspect there may be a supernatural intruder. What do I do? You call the PS cohort, and we will take care of all those supernatural needs. Who are you going to email? PS cohort. <laughs> We're going to email. PS cohort. Who are you going to email? <laughs> Anyways, uh, we also uh, would like to, to note that the, our sponsors also specialize in uh, research and data collection as well. Of all types. As well as operational um, matters and... And cryptozoology as well. Cryptozoology, mm-hmm. observation, and sting excursions. But we are not armed, nor are we capable of fighting off actual uh, invaders. So if you unless you are willing to contract the uh, PS cohort and provide them with uh, some additional funding, some additional like, there, there will be a surcharge, a violence, a potential violence surcharge. This is true. We may need to use actual physical force. And you uh, would like to probably contact the uh, sub-branch of the PSC, the PSC ATF. Yeah, uh, and with that said, too, uh, if you suspect that there is an intruder in your house, please alert your authorities before alerting the PS cohort. That is uh, true, unless it's a supernatural one. Unless it's a supernatural intruder. In that case, you may want to tell still. What if it is the authorities? Do, 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 do. Then you call the ACLU. <laughs> Remember the Alamo. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's the anniversary. It's the Alamo Day. We were just talking about how the UN is allegedly trying to take over the Alamo and raise the uh, blue flag of uh, the UN. I like the idea that this like very specific thing to Texas, like to Texan nationalism, is now part of world heritage. Mm-hmm. So the world in general has just become a little bit more Texan. That's it's a little scary to think about sometimes, but. I mean, I showed you that map. Texas is like bigger than Europe. That's true. It is and very large. This know. is why I don't believe I don't believe Texas is, is real. I think it's like there's maybe like Houston and Dallas, yeah. but yeah, otherwise I don't really know what's what's popping over there. But anyways, I can tell you what's popping over there: miles of empty land, nuclear test sites, and cryptids. And ATF agents, unfortunately. All right, real quick, can we talk about how lame the chupacabra is? Hey, Very. hey, hey, Very hey, lame, hey, yeah. hey, wait, wait, wait. He Third tries tier his, cryptids. He tries his voice. No, it's not even like a cryptid. No, no, it's no, like, no, oh, no. Hey, there's this thing that like drains the blood of chickens. Yeah, what is that? Not a cryptid for you? Is that not good enough, Kieran? Come on. No. He's trying his best. Like, Stop the hate. Oh, it's like it's like it's like a coyote, but less destructive. It drains the blood out of things. As so opposed to just eating it normally, which is much more messy. It makes it scarier. Come oh, on. sure. Come it's on. It's a precision sure. instrument. Like, yeah. oh, no. It can eat this very fat and round bird <laughs> that, that's been bred to be as I don't understand meaty. where this hate source is from. It's so what happened to you? Who hurt let's, you? let's say we found the chupacabra to exist, right? It would just be like a wild dog that eats... That drinks the blood of chickens. Uh, that's it. That's not how that's it not works. Supernatural. It's yeah, not like canines. Weird. Canines can't survive off of blood only, and you know it. No, I don't. I don't know anything about canines. You don't either. I know enough. You're, you're no canine nutritionist. I worked at a pet store for a solid. Oh, good for, for solid you. Time, and I know good about animal nutrition. You. And I can say with enough expertise that drinking only blood will not suffice. All your mineral Have and you vitamins. Tried? I myself have not. 
Perhaps when you haven't has. fed a dog nothing but chicken blood, <laughs> how can you say that that would not fulfill all of the nutritional requirements? Because I said so. So put that in your hookah and smoke it, all right? The chicken Go Man's Gorge does not advocate the smoking of any kind. That um, is true. That's actually uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. unhealthy, and I, we I, discourage it. I, uh, yeah, we, we cannot oh, yeah, yeah, formally yeah. encourage that uh, in order to avoid the ATF uh, coming in <laughs> to our sovereign territory uh, here in the radio studio. We're a uh, sovereign radio broadcast, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah, that is true. We This broad, not our station, but the broadcast itself is its own country. This is true. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. The Chupacabra is lame and boring. And everyone's just like, ooh, the Chupacabra. It's like, what's it going to do? Like, what? It's like a dog? Is it going to fight mean, with some other dog? I do agree with the lack of consequences. Like, I'm not worried about the Chupacabra coming at me. It just wants some chickens. Like, you can have them. Like, yeah. We'll bond over some chickens. <laughs> and, like, you gotta, you gotta drain the blood from it anyway. But that's, that's like a clearly symbiotic creature. It's like dogs, but better. That's true. The, the dog upgrade. A severe upgrade. Like, can you imagine we domesticated chupacabras? That'd be so useful. You put them in, like, abattoirs, and they just, like, you know. All right. That's true. All right. So I think this could be the potential for one of the first domesticated cryptids, aside from guinea pigs. Uh, this would be the next one, I guess. I, I guess that does check out, yeah. And How do you feel about guinea pigs, Casey? I had a guinea pig. His name was Piggy. Um, you know, we... Did he drain his blood? I uh, seem like the type. <laughs> That's a type. Alright, more on that next time. Yeah. So, uh, no, there. No, next time, next time on Go Man's Gorge, we'll ask about how Casey drank the blood of her guinea pig named Piggy that she had as a pet. Yeah, and what is. drove her to this act of, um, you know, guinea pig vampirism. Tune in next time. I can talk to you about killing guinea pigs. <laughs> wow, Casey <laughs> Smith anyways, on the air. Anyways, anyways. Uh, right, thank well, you for listening to this Gorge. Gorge. This is Signing off. Man.